Morning, Dunwoody Baptist Church. I want to say thank you. Thank you for letting us do our New Year's Eve service this way. Our staff is able to take the day off and, and go eat New Year's Eve dinner with family, and for that, we are grateful. Uh, it's a little bit of a different message today. I'm with Brian Smith. Hey. And uh, Brian, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Yeah, y'all join me in prayer. God, I pray as we, we take a moment uh, this morning with our families uh, in different places and different locations that our hearts would be torn uh, turned towards you. And as we, we study uh, just these few verses of Scripture this morning, you would refresh us, you would renew us, you would make our faith stronger. And this year would be a year where we were closer to you than we were last year. God, I know that in the end, all the things that we are going to talk about this morning are only possible because of Jesus. So it's in his name and his power that we pray. Amen. 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 So it is the New Year's Eve. New Year's is Eve. right around the corner. So Alan, I'm just curious, do you have any uh, resolutions planned for this year? I, I'm really bad at resolutions. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciated your prayer because in, in your prayer, you said, may this be a year that we are closer to Jesus. And, and I think about our mission statement for the church, and, and that's a resolution in itself. But the truth is, I really stink at resolutions because yeah. I just never keep them. Yeah, I think we all do. Now, there's not only resolutions, but there's also traditions. Yeah. Does your family have a tradition? Stuff you eat, places you go. What 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 are the Smith family traditions? I can't I can't really think of any specific New Year's traditions, but I can tell you this: that if at least the season of life I'm in with the age of my kids that I have, I feel like holidays are, you know, sixty percent driving and forty percent <laughs> family time. No doubt. So if I was going to pick a tradition for the Smiths on you know Christmas or New Year's, it's we're on I-16 heading south Georgia, or I-75 you know, heading north to go visit family somewhere else. We are always in the car. Now, you and I have talked about your car trips before, <laughs> and specifically the role that Sarah has when you drive. Yeah, so uh, this won't come as a shock, church, I'm sure to many of y'all, uh, but I am easily distracted. Uh, I, I get distracted very easily, especially on, on long car trips. Uh, the kids have headphones, they're watching movies, and if I am not cautious, I will start to count cars on the road or wonder about why a person painted a car the color they painted it. Or, this is the bad one, uh, if I see someone driving poorly, I think it's my responsibility to do some detective work and look at them and see why they drive poorly. And yet you turned off the lane departure warning because it was annoying. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like the van telling me, my Honda Odyssey telling me when I have uh, accidentally drifted into another lane. So when you get distracted, you don't want to know about it. Yeah. So here's what I have learned from my family traditions, right? It is really easy to get distracted and distractions can be so dangerous because the moment I take my eyes off the road and I start wondering why someone's doing something or why that car looks the way it does, I unintentionally drift into one of the other lanes. <laughs> How many times do we see somebody who's supposed to be doing some kind of a job and they're on their phone? Exactly, yeah. And, and you're going, you know, the pilot that's walking around the airplane, you're going, that's important. <laughs> Hang up, pay attention. You should be flying. You should plane. be, yeah. In fact, say, you were talking about earlier, my wife, one of her... One of our responsibilities when we go on family trips is to make sure I pay attention as we drive. Because distractions can be dangerous. Exactly. 
Well, there's a spiritual kind of connotation to that. And that's sort of what we're talking about uh, for our, our New Year's Eve service is the idea of focus, the idea of, of trying to uh, uh, stay away from uh, distractions uh, so that our spiritual condition doesn't become dangerous. Yeah, I think in the same way, um, maybe get too comfortable when we drive. Sometimes we just kind of get too comfortable with our faith. And in the same way, we get distracted while we're driving. We get distracted in our lives. And when we start to drift spiritually, we can find ourselves in a, in a dangerous situation. So a pretty good thing for all of us as a church to look at for New Year's Eve is to say, are there some things in the Scripture that are going to drive us to a focus or a resolution or, or, or a habit that uh, perhaps we can form as we look to this 2024, that would be helpful for us. Yes, excellent. Well, let's look at the Scripture. All right. We have uh, decided that uh, we're going to spend just a few minutes in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews was uh, written to Jewish Christians. Uh, by and large, the people were already Christians, although there is a little bit of evangelism in this. But in these later chapters, the writer here is giving some instructions to the church about how to stay focused, how to avoid the distractions in the Christian life. Mm -hmm. So give me a, a clue as to where he's been. We're in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. That's what's up here. But uh, but there's some things that have happened before this because the passage starts with the word therefore. And our folks know that when you see that word, you look to see what it's therefore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also important to remember that the, the author in Hebrews is writing to Jewish Christians who may be tempted with reverting to the way things used to be. Right. They're, maybe they're getting tired. They're getting worn out because of what's happening and their circumstances and their situations. And they're starting to think, wouldn't it be better if we went back to the, the way it was before that's the New Year's resolution, right? When you think about all the work that's going to go into making the changes that you feel like you have to make, you go, what's so bad about the old way? Yeah, it was fine. The way it was was fine. status quo. What's yeah. that's really... Waking up early to go to the gym is a great idea. Actually waking up early is sleeping good. Exactly. <laughs> the idea of resolutions is much more pleasant than actually executing them. Living them out. So I think I think one of the things that the author is reminding the, the original audience about in this moment is, so right before Hebrews 12, there's a passage that we call the, the Hall of Faith. It's a list of heroes from the faith all the way from the beginning until now, recognizing how uh, they had faith in a Messiah that they couldn't see and how the new Christians they have the Messiah. They aren't waiting for the promised Jesus. They have him, and he has something so much better. And we all love that list. I love it particularly because there's some people in there that you know had a lot of problems. Yeah. And it gives me a lot of encouragement that it's just not perfect people in the list, but it's imperfect people as well, and I can relate a lot better to this passage. Totally. So we pick up here in chapter 12, and he says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, obviously referring back to that hall of faith, and they're surrounding us. Now, we don't really think that the angels watch our lives or people in heaven watch our lives, but the, 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 the idea is that those people have gone before us, so we stand on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. And then the declaration is, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin. 
Now, we underline those two words. Why? I think as we talk about distractions, and especially when I think about the, the road trip that I'm on, the distractions, uh, they seem simple, but they can take over. And in the same way, there are things in our lives that maybe not seem big, maybe just small, unhealthy, unwise habits, but they're small habits that wrap around our legs and he says they will easily entangle us. They make it so much harder to run this race. So there's, there's bad habits that aren't necessarily sin, but when the bad habits entangle us and keep us from running this race, then they become sin. Mm-hmm. So let us run with endurance. Yeah. I think it's important to remember, and we all know this church, you've learned this if you've been following Jesus for a while, but real faith is difficult. There will be real highs and real lows, and we need a real endurance to run the race that God has in front of us. So back through the verse just one more time, it says that we're laying aside things that slow us down, things that wrap around our feet, I think you said. And the reason we do that is so that we can run with endurance the race. And uh, I ran track a little bit in high school, not great, but some. And every coach says, run looking straight ahead. Don't look right, don't look left. And this is obviously a foot race. It's not motorcycle race or anything like that. It's, It's you in control. Don't look right, don't look left. Just focus on the finish line and see where that takes you. And I get that, it's a race, but that still sounds a little vague, doesn't it? But I think that's the idea. If, if these things are distractions, if you look to the other runners, you'll start drifting in other lanes. Uh, the author of Hebrews kind of gives us the answer of how do we avoid those distractions? You see it it's in the next verse. He says, our goal is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Right. Don't look to the left, don't look to the so right. Focus don't, don't, on Christ. Your race, you run into Jesus. Yeah. You know, I think we talked about that uh, as we prepared for this, the idea of a lost child, right? Mm-hmm. At a carnival or a midway or something, and they're all the shiny things, and, and they're distracted and looking around, and then they realize they're lost, and they hear their mother's voice. They laser focus on the source of that voice, and they walk right towards her. Mm-hmm. That's the idea here, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Um, if you have a translation besides the New American Standard, it, it sometimes says some different uh, ways. I think we're coming from New, New American Standard on this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith. Yeah. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, at the throne of God, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. So, so powerful. Yeah, I think what's important about this is I've never ran. I'm glad I don't have to run your race. I'm not a runner. I think that's obvious to everybody here. (laughs) (laughs) But what I like about that idea is uh, you keep your eyes on the finish line. Right. And if you're running a race and the finish line is you know, last place, it's probably hard to keep running. If the finish line is, you know, brokenheartedness or something awful, it's hard to keep running. But the author is saying, we know what's at our finish line, that there's Jesus who's the author and the perfecter. And he's reminding us of how good Christ is in what we're running to. And I love the idea of an author Mm -hmm. because an author starts out with a blank page. Yeah. And he writes the story as he wants to write the story. And then he finishes the story. 
the Philippians 1, 6, I am confident of this very thing. He who began this thing in me, this good work in me, he will perfect it. Yeah. He will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. The, so Jesus as the completer of our faith, that gives me so much confidence. I don't have to, I don't have to work for that. Yeah. I can't go the last mile of my faith. Jesus has to do that. Yeah, in the same way, you know, an, uh, like an awful finish line you don't want to run to, <laughs> but also not knowing what the finish line is. You're just running for the sake of running. I know people do it, same thing. I don't really get it, but here's our finish line. The finish line is the, the person of Jesus. Right. And we talked about this before. I, I think about this all the time. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy and cross seem like antonyms more than they feel like synonyms. I can't imagine. I, I know as a kid, I was never more angry than when I was punished for something that someone else did. Right. And I did a lot of stuff that deserved being punished, but if I was ever in trouble for something I didn't do, oh man, I, I could not yeah. handle it. And yet it says that Jesus took joy yeah. in sacrifice for us. God demonstrated his love for us and that while we're still sinners, Christ died on the cross. So at our finish line, it's, it's not just the author and not just the perfecter, but it's the Jesus who was willing to become our sins so that we could become his righteousness. And once he died and was buried, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, that was all the work he had to do. Yeah. We, there's no more work to be in. As a matter of fact, it says he sat down. You, you don't sit down until you finish. That might be my favorite part of a race, is when you get to sit down at the end. sit down at the end. And so he did all of that so that, and again, you're talking about the Hebrew, the Jewish Christians who were getting weary of the persecution, weary yeah. of the, uh, the the daily grind, which is life on earth, but especially when their uh, their Christianity, their their faith was not so popular in the day, kind of like it is today. Yeah, and how long will the suffering in the world continue until Jesus? returns and restores it, it's easy to grow weary and to lose heart. So we were talking about this sermon. I don't really like the word resolutions yeah, because they remind me of something that I promise I'm going to do and never do. <laughs> habits. I like that word better. Yeah. What are some habits do you think that would let us take these truths and actually walk them into 2024? Yeah, I think the, you know, the main idea of this passage is when we grow weary, when we get distracted, the author is telling us that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. And so we, we talked about this and we said, fixing your eyes is being intentional about having daily holy habits. Daily holy habits. What a great phrase. You, Alan made that up. I said it, but he made it up. I read it somewhere. <laughs> uh, the, the idea that it's, that it's consistent, you know, yeah. back to the, to the runners. Nobody, nobody gets off their couch and runs a marathon. There's, there's a buildup to it. Uh, uh, even here in Hebrews, he said, all discipline for the moment seems not to yeah. be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet those who are trained up in it yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's a sense that daily holy habits represent training for the race. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Paul, and I think it's Timothy, talks about how uh, training for your body has some short-term benefits, Right. but training in godliness, daily holy habits, trying to become more like God is beneficial for this life and the next, that we train ourselves spiritually just like we train ourselves 
physically. And that means we do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And these things are, are, are tangible. So we might say we read the Bible every day for five minutes. There's a whole bunch of Bible reading plans. There's there's one in the app that's connected to our, our church mm -hmm. app that, that there's a daily Bible reading plan, a daily holy habit. Uh, if you're a, a coach of a uh, your children's soccer leagues. Can I have a spiritual conversation with one other parent every game? Mm -hmm. it, it's a tangible, daily, holy habit. Can you think of some others? Yeah, the thing with habits is they they seem small, but they always grow into something Adam. bigger. Yeah, yeah. Just like we said in the beginning, you know, uh, an unhealthy and unwise habit can be something that tangles you up and causes you to drift. A healthy, wise habit that draws you closer to God may seem small, but that small decision grows and has a bigger impact on us. Um, and so I talk to the students about this sometime, a really simple habit uh, that I think is worth having and one that I, I have to practice is when I am frustrated or when I am angry or when I am hurt to stop and pray before you respond. Um, so I say it's rhymes because it's for students, but before you have anything to say, you should stop and pray. I like it. Before you have anything to say, you should stop and pray. Daily holy habits, yeah. just these, not not these big picture things, but just a little thing. What what little thing am I going to do that's going to let me develop some muscle memory for maybe a larger thing? And so like we said, going back into the verses, he, he listed some things that I think um, can be um, motivation for habits that we could pick up and we can add to our lives. And just in review, all of these habits are so that we fix our eyes on Jesus. Exactly. So that fixing our eyes on Jesus doesn't seem like something so out there. It's it's accomplished by these little habits. And we, we said this actually earlier, but he was talking about the person of Jesus, his character, um, the sacrifice that he was willing to make for us. And he says, if you want to stay focused on the race that's laid before you, you have to remember what's at the finish line to right. focus on the destination. Again, our mission statement for the church, we are passionately becoming more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we are committed to transformation of our homes, our church, our community, our world. The, the idea that the destination is discipleship. It's, it's that we are becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. We're fixing our eyes on him in the new year, in the new month. January, everybody wants to start something. So we start a bunch of little habits. And by March or April, we go, hey, I've read a third of the Bible. Yeah. Built up inside me and now it's expressed outside of me. Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, a, a habit that will help this, something we can do that I, I try to do um, is remember what it was like before I had Jesus in my wow. life. And I know a lot of us um, have different stories of faith. I, I was 20 when I became a believer. Um, and every year I get older, I get further away from that moment. Right. And I worry that I forget what it was like. So one of the ways I remember the goodness of, of Christ is I remember how broken I was in my own sin before I encountered him. And and where you were headed. Yeah. I mean, before I, I, I met Jesus, I had no idea. I didn't have the ability to see the dead end that I was headed for. Yeah. And that would have been the destination in that way of being. And and we look around us and there are so many people that are blinded to what their their choices and their allegiances are pointing them towards. Yeah. I, I also think um, one of the interesting parts of this chapter was uh, he started off, you know, Hebrews saying, therefore, since we have this great cloud of witnesses around us, I think there's so much value 
and committing to gather together, even online, like we're doing this morning, because we are better together. Yeah, yeah. the the Peach Tree Road Race on July fourth. Uh, it, it it's people do it because there's sixty thousand people that yeah. do it. It's they're running in a crowd. Wasn't there a verse back in chapter ten about that? Yeah, don't uh, don't stop gathering together as some are right. in the habit of doing. It's a right. habit even, that grows. Even online, we're better together. Yeah. Even, even that it's a habit. We're better together. Yeah. There's value in staying with each other. I think I probably am never going to run a marathon, but if I was, it wouldn't be all alone in the woods. It would be a group with the people that you see running beside you because yeah. they motivate you. Yeah. Nobody wants forward. to run a marathon that they have to tell people about. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Part of the fun is putting that sticker on your car. Exactly. Wearing yeah. the metal around your neck. That's right. Okay, so it's a habit that we are better together uh, in our small groups, in uh, our, our affinity groups, whether that's choir or praise team or deacon or Naomi ministry. Maybe that'd be a good get in 2024 is to, to find a new group or a new place where your own abilities, talents, gifts can be uh, deployed. Yeah, and if there's not a group that you feel like fits your circumstances or situation, maybe it's God leading you to start a new group, to meet people with those same needs and those yeah, same absolutely. circumstances. We're, we're just, when we pray for each other, when we walk along, and of course, you know, the season that my wife and I have been through, it was, it was so much more um, bearable mm. because other people were walking with us. Yeah. And I think the, the, maybe the final habit that we talk about, and we've said this a little bit, but I'm assuming when you run, because I've never done that, but on those large or long road trips that we do as a family when I am easily distracted, and Sarah will probably not want me to say this, I doze sometimes if I'm not careful in the car. And uh, if I'm not cautious when I am tired when I'm driving, pride kind of gets up inside of me and I say, I can push through, I'll just right. keep driving. Yeah. And that's a, that's a dangerous thing to do with my whole family and the vehicle, and a lot of times, the best thing that I can do is to stop, pull over, like remember what we're doing, remember who's in the car with me, uh, reflect on what I'm supposed to be accomplishing and refresh myself, which is usually a big old icy from a QT if I could find one, before I get back on the road. So I think and another I think habit, I remember beef jerky. Not yeah, beef, yeah, beef jerky and apple juice. Yeah. Never no again. Dude. But I think another good habit is to rest and then to reflect. Yeah, the, there was an old saying, and you know, of course, anytime you don't know where it came from, you call it an African proverb, but it was that your every now and then your soul has to catch up with your body. Mm. Every now and then you're, you're taking in so much or you're, you're expending so much energy and activity that you got to stop and you go, okay, what, what does all this mean? Am I, am I fixing my eyes on Jesus or am I back to an encumbrance that's so easily distracting yep. me because my activity has has become so intense? And of course, we're guilty of that here at church. Yeah, and I, he, he talks about how it is how easy it is to grow weary, and sometimes we feel weary. I feel weary because I think it's all on it's all on me, my faith, my life, um, leading well in the places I'm called to lead. It feels like it's it's all on me, and when we feel like we're carrying all the burden we get weary faster. But part Absolutely. of resting is to remember that Jesus has already completed it. He's sat down, he's done the work, and we don't run alone because we're surrounded by a body, but we also don't run alone because we have Jesus who's gone before us. So 
daily holy habits were better together, rest and reflect. Yeah. And I think if we were trying to kind of put a bow on this thing and let people get on to their New Year's Eve dinners, we would say, pick something small and let it build. Mm -hmm. uh, pick something that you uh, can put your mind around and let that build. Uh, closing words. Yeah, we kind of talked about this at the beginning. You know, resolutions are easy to make and they're hard to live out. Right. Because the resolution is just this big idea. But habits, um, they may seem small, but those small habits grow into bigger you know, character, bigger godliness, you know, bigger expressions of faith in your right. own life. Right. I mean, a marathon runner, he, he gets off the couch and he runs down the road and back. Mm -hmm. And a month or two, two months, three months, six months later, he can put that 26.2 on the back of his car. And I don't know what it's going to be like at the end of life. I mean, this this indicates in chapter 11 that, that heaven receives all these saints who have faithfully run a race. And I think about all the people in our church who have just been faithful for so many yeah. years, and and they have so many people that uh, the cheesy old song, I, you know, when we get to heaven, we want to thank the people that helped us get there. And all of us can think of of a person that we need to thank because they ran the race faithfully with endurance over time. But you know, every one of those people would tell us there were some places I really messed up. Mm -hmm. There, there were some places I had to rest and reflect. There were some places where I thought I could go it alone. There were some places where I took my daily holy habits for granted and got off track. Yeah. But it's a chance, a new year to get back on track. And I would say, I think a, a wiser approach to, to growing in your faith this year is to not come up with a huge plan. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have sat down and said, I'm gonna read from Genesis to Revelation and you make you make it to Leviticus and then you give up. But <laughs> the, uh, a wiser way to have a bigger impact is to choose a, a habit. I'm gonna pick something simple, something small, but I'm gonna make it a daily part of my life. Right. I'll do a, a Bible study. I'll, I'll pray uh, with my kids every night before bed. I will um, pray for my boss at work. It's a small, simple habit, but those habits grow. I think we would end by saying that if we really want to run this race, we do that by choosing healthy habits over big resolutions.